Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Uh, know what's going on. Traffic. Very informative. And AccuWeather. It's important to know the weather forecast. Always come first. This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. Yeah. Now on FM <laughs> 1071. <laughs> well, good, good, good morning. It's uh, almost Friday. Are you ready for the weekend already? I bet you are. Uh, I know I'm getting close. Oh, we got so much to do this morning, so much to get around to. And as always, love to have you as part of the show this morning at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. They had a debate and nobody cares. Uh, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> well, you know, you just heard a report during Don's newscast. The media, you know, with their reporting, they're trying to make it matter, but it didn't. It doesn't matter what these two do. Uh, the only one that mattered was over on Fox last night, and we're going to hear from Donald John Trump in a little while. Let me just start, because I, I've been telling you all week long that we've got a, a weather event coming, and it's changing by the minute, by the way, as these things tend to do as we get closer, right? So it's going to be Martin Luther King March Day and all that on Monday, and it's a holiday and so on. Uh, we're starting out on Monday at 10 a.m. for the March at about 28 degrees. Okay, now that's going to be the actual air temperature, okay? But it's going to feel more like about 10 or 12 Mm-hmm. And there is a chance on Monday of a, a little frozen precip. Uh, now, it's not a huge chance. It's not like, you know, the city's going to freeze over. I don't believe. But stay tuned because, as we've been telling you, these things change. You know, you're dealing with a very dynamic atmosphere. It's a living, breathing thing, and things will change as we get closer. So we'll continue to update you and let you know. But one thing in my mind that I am certain about this whole nonsense that we have to cut our power and we got to change our lives and we got to freeze in our homes to protect the power grid of Texas to keep it from going down. Um, that's nonsense. Okay? It's utter nonsense. Now, the reason we are in this position and the reason people died two years ago is because we have these green weirdos who run these agencies and who are involved in these agencies who have been taking us off of fossil fuels because fossil fuels are terrible. It's awful. So what they have been doing is focusing on windmills that don't work, focusing on solar panels that don't work, and restricting our access to what we know actually works, that we have plenteous supply of. And instead of going with real renewables, because I'm not opposed to renewables, like nuclear, well, we don't want a new, we don't want a three-mile island, do we? Go out in West Texas where ain't nothing but rattlesnakes and armadillos and build it out there. Build yourself another plant. You got one over in Baytown. Build one out. Build a nuclear facility out in West Texas where nothing. Have you driven between here and El Paso? Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Nothing but sidewinder rattlesnakes and, and a, one or two armadillos just right, you know, in, in the middle of the road. And, and that's all you got out there. So build yourself some, some nuclear facility out there, and then you ain't got to worry about a thing. But for them to continue this idea, look, the whole climate change thing, obviously it's going to be freezing Monday and Tuesday. Well, most of next week. 
It, it's obviously a hoax, guys. It is absolutely a political hoax for two purposes. One is money. Money, honey. They're extracting money from you. And the number two reason is control. They want to control you, as they did with the pandemic, that we're now being told by Fauci. Um, by the way, we'll get to this one. Fauci is testifying before Congress this week. And you know all that stuff he said during the pandemic about stay six feet apart from each other, wear all these masks, all this stuff? It's all turned out to be not true. And he's testifying before Congress right now and saying, no, that's true. The, the six-foot thing, he just made up. It was, there was no, he admitted that yesterday. There was no science behind it. There was nothing to back him on it. It just kind of came out of thin air. Why don't we tell everybody to stay six feet apart? Now, I got, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, for me, that's perfect, okay? <laughs> I'm, that's the one thing about the pandemic that I'm glad we did, and I'd love to see more of it. The booths at restaurants where they built you in a complete booth that goes all the way up so somebody's head is not banging the back of your head while you're trying to eat your burger. I like the fact that there's separation of the booths and i wish we would stick with the six feet apart like in the line at h-e-b quit crowding me when i'm trying to pay for my groceries so the one thing i really liked about the pandemic the six feet apart he's you know he's now admitting well it's all bull crap we made that up well he made it all up so we'll talk more about that a little bit later on but the climate hoax thing is all made up for power and control and money. Power, control, and money. They have to control you. They have to control your money if they're going to do a communist state in the United States, which is what they are doing. Communists are fascists. Fascists tend to be communists. And that's what they're working on right now, is to control you through communism here in this country. Controlling your actions right now because you you, you may... you. If, if, if you turn your heat too high, you may be the one that causes the power grid to go down. So don't turn your heat too high. No, you be safe. And you make sure your pets are safe. And you make sure grandma is safe. And if you got plants, you make sure they're safe. Make, sh- make sure your pipes are safe. Do everything you need to do to protect yourself and the family around you, okay? And your castle, your home. These, these nut jobs that are inside these agencies who are trying to control our lives, I've had it with them. There is no reason for us to be in this position, none whatsoever. They put us in this position. They have us in this position for control over us, and we need to push back. And every time you turn around, by the way, you're in this position, and they continue to go up on your rates. So you're going to pay more and have less power. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant! You get to pay more for less power. Okay, that's the first thing. We'll just open with that. Um, and by the way, any of these you want to jump in on, 210-599-5555. A report out from military.com, militarytimes.com, and other news sources as well. The Army, shocked now by the sharp decline in white recruits. Now, all of the services are missing their recruiting goals by a lot, but none more than the Army. The Army is way off on their recruiting goals, but the military as a whole is way off as well. Military City USA, let's talk about this. The Army announcing... There's been a sharp decline in white people joining the Army. 
we're having a huge recruiting slump in the Army because white people aren't signing up. And we have a smaller army that's taking on a larger mission. We're sending more of our army uh, to different places around the world, but we don't have that many to send because white people aren't signing up. What does that mean? About half as many whites are joining the army as joined before. In the last couple of years, the number has fallen off a cliff in 2022 and 2023. Okay, I know it's early. I know you know why, but for the people from California who just moved here, let me explain why. Nobody wants to serve a commander-in-chief, first of all, who's mush brains. Because, you know, he we didn't have any wars before this dude, right? And every time an establishment guy becomes the president, we're back into war, right? And that's what we're doing right now. Donald Trump said last night on his town hall, first president in 72 years without a war was Donald Trump. Dwight D. Eisenhower, when he was leaving, you can look this up on YouTube, warned us about continuous wars to feed the beast known as the industrial military complex. They feed the beast known as politics with all their money. That's why I joked the other day, I wonder which... uh, you know, arms manufacturer or airplane manufacturer paid for Lloyd Austin's surgery. And I said it kind of half-jokingly, <laughs> right? But you know why? First of all, people don't want to join up when you got a mush-brained president who might get you, get you killed pulling out of Afghanistan the way he did. Thirteen souls gone because of Joe Biden. And when I say that, you know I'm talking about Barack Obama because Barack's running the show. Second thing is, every time Joe speaks, like a couple of days ago at the AME church, what does he say? White people bad. White supremacy bad. White people bad. People who are white are bad. Does that make you want to sign up and serve your country? Or how about all this stuff in school? what they're teaching the kids in school, or through the media. White people are bad. We need less white people in the world. If we had less white people, it would be a better world. White people are horrible. And especially straight white men are terrible. And the military is teaching that. I've been telling you, and I don't have to tell you because you guys know, but I've been talking to you about how I hear every day from people in the military that they're so fed up with all this DEI nonsense that keeps that they have to keep sitting through every time they turn around. And the vast majority of the DEI nonsense they're sitting through is how white people are terrible. So you're surprised that white people aren't signing up for the Army? Do you want to serve a country that continues to degrade you, to, continues to slam you? Do you want to serve a country that hates you? (laughs) You know, they have made it abundantly clear. Whites are not welcome, and particularly straight whites are not welcome in the military. Remember Lloyd Austin. Remember Mark Milley. The biggest issue we have in our military today are whites. White people, they made white people, particularly straight white men, the enemy. 
Hell no, you ain't going to sign up. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll find something else to do with my life. All right, let me take a quick phone call and a break, and then I'll take more. 210-599-5555. Good morning, Jaime. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. So basically, if you tell everybody you hate them and you pretty much go into the woke agenda, you pretty much butt like the military. Just like what's going on with Bud Light, they've done the same thing. They hate they they say they hate you, but yet they want you to come and sign up so they can change your mind and change your way that you've been. I mean, anybody, why would anybody want to join the military? It doesn't matter, I mean, what it is. I mean, they want they wanted all these transsexuals, all these people who are gay and all that, you know, the LBGQ to join the military, and they're not going to join it. I mean, it's always been what's going to happen. There's nothing wrong with that. If they don't want to join, they don't want to join, but they're pushing away the people that, would have joined and would have done it. There's no, there's well, no benefit to it. Well, Jaime, you're right, and I appreciate your call so early in the morning. Let me let me just say this. This is not going on in China. Uh, you check out what they're doing with the military in China, and they are creating killers, which is what any military is supposed to be. And it pains me to say this, but why would you want to sign up for today's U.S. military? Why? I mean, when you're told we hate you, when you're told over and over again that white people are the enemy, which is what the Army and, the, well, actually the military command structure has been saying for the past three years, that, you know, white people are basically the enemy, then fine. You know, you don't have to uninvite me to a party twice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just tell me one time you don't want me at the party. I'm out, baby. I'll find something else to do. Is this uh, Renee? Hey, Renee, you're on yeah. KTSA. Good morning to you. Yeah, your math, your modern math, about 13 were killed by Joe Biden. Uh, why don't you bring it up? Ronald Reagan had 241 Marines and a couple of sailors killed in Beirut, Not Lebanon, October, October 1983. Not true. Not true. Do you want to go with the body count? That's not true. You're not telling the it's truth. <laughs> no, you're yes. not. No, you're not. You don't. It, you don't know. You don't know what happened October twenty third, nineteen eighty three. Sure. Okay. That I was, was right here on the Ronald. air. I know exactly. Rain, are you, gonna, Renee? Are you going to ask me a question? Let me answer. You just want to talk. Or you just want to hold. Hey, no, you're blowing smoke out of your butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have a good day, Renee. Yes, Marines sailors died. In Beirut, Lebanon, in 1983, I was here on the air when it happened. Ronald Reagan didn't do that. That was from the prior administration that put them in that position, and Ronald Reagan gave them everything that they needed. Ronald Reagan did not tuck tail and run. Ronald Reagan never tucked tail and ran, Renee. This military infrastructure and Joe Biden tucked tail and ran from Afghanistan and yes, sir, he got 13 American soldiers and military personnel murdered. And then to cover it up, he blew up a car with a man and his family just delivering water, bringing water to his house in order to cover it up. Now, Renee, you're welcome to your opinion. You can think whatever you want to about the facts, but you're not welcome to your own set of facts. Have a good one. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Where and you can call and or text at 210-599-5555. Same number for both calling me and or texting me. 
And I just got a text from Sean. He says, good morning, Trey. I'm sorry that you have to put up with people like Renee who cannot even tell the simple truth. Hey, that's all right. I, I don't mind at all. Ain't no, ain't, ain't no water on my back, man. I don't really care. Uh, and thank you very much for the, for the text there, Sean. Uh, Rob, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning, Rob. Morning, sir. Uh, that, that Renee guy, you know, talking about the body count in Beirut. Yep. Yeah, that was a bad deal. Yep. But let's talk about the 58,000 American men that their names are on the wall in, in, in Washington, D.C. at the yep. Vietnam Memorial. Yep. And who was the president? Johnson. Yep. What was he? A Democrat. Sure. Sure. In fact, that's one of the so, things that got JFK killed is because he had announced we're going to get out, and uh, and Johnson uh, ramped it up. Johnson d- poured more of our, our souls in there, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Rob, we could we could play that game all day. We could go back and forth all day. We could talk about the 200,000 children in America who have died from fentanyl because we have an open border or the numbers of children that are being raped in the past couple of months and, and murdered That's here in the United States too. because we have an open border. We can play this game all day long. But you know what, Rob? The American people know the truth. And this is a, a regime that doesn't care about anything other than power and control. Thank you for the call, Rob. Dan, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Hey, Trey. Good morning to you. My question is, Nixon opened the borders for trade with China, and then Bush Sr. opened the trade with Mexico. But we're having problems with both, but no one talks about that. Okay. Well, first of all, it was Clinton who signed the uh, opening of the trade with Mexico and uh, and NAFTA. The whole thing. It was under Clinton administration. I was there on the air the day he did it, so I remember that very very well. But yes, uh, you mentioned George Senior. He was a globalist. George Junior, a globalist. Uh, they're all. That's the that's the problem they have with Trump. Is that all of them are globalist? And along comes Trump, and he's not. He's an America first guy. And and that's why they're trying so hard to get rid of him. Now, when we come back, and thanks for the call, Dan. When we come back, we're going to hear a little bit from Donald Trump uh, from last night. And, uh, and, and you know, I'll talk a little bit about the, the debate that didn't matter at all. And then we'll talk about what they did in New York with those children yesterday. And it's a crying shame. That's coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. America's Diamond has never sold lab-grown diamonds. Trey Ware here on KTSA. Good morning. 210-599-5555. That's the number to call. Let me just run down the weather situation once again because it is. I, I want everybody to be sure what's going on on, uh, on Monday and Tuesday. We're going to be 73 today. And you're going to be thinking, what? Where, where's this cold weather? Tomorrow's going to be windy and 59. And the cold weather's really going to come in sometime in the afternoon on Sunday. So, you know, it's a dynamic thing. It's changing uh, as it gets closer to us, and so the timing is going to change and so on. Um, The way it looks right now, sometimes Sunday afternoon, and that's why you've seen the highs on Sunday come down a little bit because uh, it's not going to get as warm as as what was originally thought because that uh, front's going to hit us on Sunday afternoon into Sunday night. When you wake up Monday morning, you're going to definitely feel the big difference, and it's a holiday. So a lot of people are going to be off, and a lot of people are going to be going to the uh, Martin Luther King March. And I just got to tell you, that's going to be a cold situation. At uh, 10 o'clock on Monday, we're thinking right around 28, 28. But it's going to feel more like in the teens and possibly even the low teens because of the wind that's going to be around on Monday. And, and, and now 
forecasters are tossing in the chance of maybe some frozen precip, maybe some snow in some of the area, so on. So just letting you know, uh, and it looks like m- most of next week's going to be pretty chilly. Now, it won't be as cold as it will be on Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday morning, record-breaking low is a possibility, you know, this time Tuesday. Uh, we could be around 14, 15 degrees. So, anyway, um, it, it's going to take a little while to come back from that next week. So, it's going to be chilly uh, even after the, the cold on Monday and Tuesday, just so you'll know. Registered voters now. According to Economist YouGov poll, 56% say Donald Trump is a shoo-in. That's Republicans, Democrats, Independents, and everybody says Donald Trump is going to beat Joe Biden. Donald Trump had a... Uh, town hall last night let's go through some of the sound jimmy um number one issue on a lot of people's minds is what's going on with the border illegal immigrants and criminals that have uh, come in the chaos that has been created by the O'Biden administration on purpose and in cut number three that's cut number three donald trump talked about deportation it's not sustainable for our country we have millions and millions of people here it is not sustainable did you see in new york city with it getting the regular students out and they're putting migrants in their place we are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country we're bringing everybody back to where they came from we have no choice we have no choice. we have no choice but to deport all these people that have been coming in here illegally he also was asked about his vice president in cut number four and who his choice for vice president just might be who would be in the running for vice president well i can't tell you that really i mean i know who it's going to be give us a hint i'll give you we'll do another show sometime well what about any of the people who you've run against would you be open to mending fences with oh sure i will i will i've already started like christy better I don't see it. I don't see it. That would be an upset. Christie for vice president. <laughs> Christie, know him for vice president. That's the Christie. <laughs> he could have said that last night. He could have said, yeah, I, I go for Christie for, for vice president. <laughs> I thought he did a good job. Um, was he throwing flames and fire everywhere? No. He was very reserved and sat there and answered all the questions that were tossed his way. Did he get wonky? No. But Trump doesn't get wonky, does he? And that's part of the reason that we love him so much is that he doesn't get wonky. He doesn't get all this stuff about, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this, and it's 27,000 million, this and blah, 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 all the numbers and all, the, all that stuff. He doesn't care about all that. He's a businessman that says, get the job done. Get these people out of this country. Do what you got to do to get them out of here, that kind of thing. And, uh, and Chris Christie did get out of the race yesterday. Cut number two here. This is a hot mic where he's saying that Nikki Haley is going to get smoked by Donald Trump. Yeah, that's what you get. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, she spent $68 million so far, just on TV. Spent $68 million so far, $59 million by DeSantis, and we spent twelve. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked, and you and I both know it. She's not up to this. So a hot mic with Chris Christie yesterday, and he said his number one priority is making sure that Donald Trump does not become president of the United States. Uh, a lot of people think he's pitching for a gig over on CNN or MSNBC. I don't think so. I think he's pitching for a gig to be in a Biden administration, a B- O-Biden administration. That Remember, he's the one that when Hurricane Sandy, Superstorm Sandy hit up there, 
he, right before the election, was hugging on Barack Obama and, and telling the world what a great job Barack Obama did, and Barack was running for re-election that year. So Chris Christie endorsed Barack Obama by giving him that hug and telling him he's doing a fantastic job, and I'll never forget that about Chris Christie. Chris Christie is a turncoat liar. <laughs> he just truly is. He's an establishment Republican, a globalist establishment Republican, and he's a turncoat political liar is what he is. He's like the rest of them. So he's pitching for a gig, and I'm sure the O'Biden administration, if there is another term of the O'Biden administration. Uh, yesterday it was crazy over in the House of uh, Commons. <laughs> Our House of Representatives turning more into the House of Commons. You had uh, Hunter Biden show up. They were going to have this meeting on whether or not they're going to hold him in contempt and whether they're going to do this and that and the other. And he shows up. Now, he showed up with his attorney, and he showed up with his filmmaker, the the bro, you know, that he that he hits the bong, his bong bro. And the bong bro's making a documentary about him right now and uh, about uh, about Hunter to make Hunter look really, really good in the eyes of America. They needed content, and that's why he went. That's the only reason he went. They're not going to do anything as far as arresting him. This is not a criminal trial. This is a political one. And so in a criminal trial, yes, the FBI arrests you and locks you up until you tell the judge what the judge wants to know. It's what happens in a criminal trial. In a political hearing situation... Typically what happens is people skate, and Hunter's going to skate. Hunter is, after the election, Hunter is going to be, uh, he's going to get uh, paroled on this. He's going to, you know, they're, they're going to discharge this. Uh, pardoned. The president is going to pardon him. Whoever the president is at that time, and I'm not convinced it's going to be Joe Biden even at the election time. So uh, it was a it, you know kind of a chaotic situation. He got up and he ran out of the House of Representatives yesterday when Marjorie Taylor Greene began to talk. Nancy Mace told him, "You have no balls. You know it's, it doesn't take any balls to stand here in front of us right now. You should go under oath and answer our questions." When Marjorie Taylor Greene started to talk, he got up with his uh, bro, his smoke bro, and uh, and his attorney, Abby Lowell, and they ran for the door as quick as they could because I think they knew that Marjorie was going to lock the place down and say, okay, let's have the hearings. Let's do it. If you're here to have the hearings, let's have the hearings. Lock it down. Close the doors. Lock the doors. Let's do it. Um, And then the Democrats, while Hunter was there, they only wanted to talk about, of course, Donald Trump. And the January 6th erection. The first voice you're going to hear is Miss Jayapal. Premier Jayapal. From, what do they call themselves, the squad? Yeah. But then you're going to hear other prominent Democrats in this piece, including people like Chuck Schumer and, and other prominent Democrats. They can't get their mind out the gutter about January 6th. Listen to this. President Trump incited an erection. Uh, and <laughs> maybe that too. <laughs> it's not a one-off. They keep making this same mistake. From the January 6th erection, uh, election. Insurrection. <laughs> Senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection. If they be <laughs> hey, 
You know, that's what's on their minds. Uh, you know, the Democrats are the party of the pedo island. So there you go. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds. They're right. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob Thompson joining me in here now. KTSA, Trey Ware here. Joining me in the uh, – came down the hallway from the Sports Star 94-1, getting ready for the morning show down there, R&R in the morning with, uh, with Rudy J. And I just got to bring this whole Nick Saban thing up real quick. Yeah. We don't talk a lot of sports on this station, but – this transcends just the sports world. It, it really does. Yeah. It was, a, a, to say the least, a shock. Yeah. And, and the ripple effect from a, a guy like Saban, who, you know, uh, whose coaching tree goes through not only uh, professional and college, but it ripples over a decade. So, yeah. You know, there's been so many that have come through the turnstiles, either who have played for or coached with, that there's a lot of athletic directors and general managers and owners that woke up a little nervous this morning because there's a lot of people that are going to come after this Alabama job. But the, the thing that I think will stick most with Saban as we look at the, the situation today in college football, it's kind of perfect that he does retire now because we are truly turning the page and what college football was into what it is becoming. And it's becoming something entirely different than what Saban was doing 17 years ago. That's right. And I think it was an admittance that what is coming is something he doesn't want to have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, the money that has just flooded into college football, or at least money that we are now very well aware of. Right, 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 right. That right. is uh, coming yeah. to college football. It's right. just something that you could tell over the last couple of years was starting to wear on him. No doubt about that. And, you know, what an incredible legacy. We're not eulogizing him, folks. No, no, no. <laughs> I just want everybody to know. If anybody just woke up and they're thinking, what, what did Saban die? No, he, he's retiring, according to ESPN and other sources now. Pretty well confirmed. Yeah. Although I haven't heard an announcement from him. No, but, but yeah. those, that, those that know seem yeah. to be. Right, no. Mm -hmm. uh, and you talk about his legacy. Uh, you know, he, he had a moment where he coached at the Dolphins briefly. And he learned real quick, kind of like Spurrier did, right, that this just isn't for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm better suited for the college ranks. And, and, and the irony of dealing with highly paid professional athletes there <laughs> and now right. uh, it, it will not be lost. Well, there you go, right. right? And he also was one of those guys that took an Alabama program that was kind of on the ropes. Mm -hmm. I, they were not underwater, but they were kind of on the ropes after Paul Bear Bryant, that wonderful legacy that he left there of winning. And he took it and turned it around. And I, I said for years that that Alabama team under Nick Saban could play just about any pro team and be competitive. You know, the, the, the type of coach that coaches with, a, with the constant and never-ending pursuit of perfection. Right. And that, that's what Saban brought to the program, uh, brought to the industry uh, for a, a certain generation of coaches. Yeah. Uh, that style, uh, uh, what he brought to Bama at that time, where college football was, you know, when you have absolute success, normally you have a confluence of several disparate things coming together at once. Right. And I think a man met, met the moment. Uh, he met the moment for when the SEC required that kind of discipline to yeah. kind of gather the storm that was to become the model that the SEC was, uh, you, th you find where the talent was and where he'd been coming from LSU. All of those things came together into what was, and I think will be considered when we really look at it in totality, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. No doubt. And, and without hesitation, I think he's one of the top three coaches in any sport yeah, of no all doubt. time. Because what he was 17 years ago, he is today. That's right. But he was able to, to meld that into the, the different – you know, generations of player and their attitudes and all those other things, money above the table, money beneath the table, right. everything in between. He survived and he thrived in that with the ongoing 
pursuit of perfection with everything that you do. Yeah, he didn't put up with you being a lame player. Not that, at all. Or, or being a lame person in, in his program at all. Uh, we're talking about Nick Saban. Uh, Rob Thompson from down at 94.1 is joining me now, uh, the sports star, and they're going to be talking about it on their show quite a bit this we'll morning, Jay, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'll take the Nick Saban thing one step further, too. Not to sound like this huge fanboy, but I recognize I recognize great talent. And he was the greatest talent of all time in that field. And why I say that is he elevated all of college football, not just the Alabama program, right? But the number of coaches, like the the name that's being bandied about now to go replace him, Sark. Uh, he, you know, he's I know, right? A little we, nervous we, there, we, burn orange types. We're gonna talk a about sweaty that. today. That's are you? right. That's right. Because he worked for Saban. Everybody worked for mm-hmm. Saban, and they went out and created success like Texas is right. having right now, and that's happening all across the country. Not to mention the first round draft players, the quarterbacks that came out of that program, the greatest running backs of all time came out of that program, and. Let's talk about defensive players, whether it's linebacker or lineman on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, my God, they learned smash mouth from him. And, Trey, I'll take it one step further. As you described what we think of with Nick Saban as defense, hard-hitting, control-the-ball offense, uh, you know, winning a football game 14-10, to that kind of stuff. But you didn't bring up the fact that the quarterbacks that he's put in the league over the last five years are – antithetical or are completely different from what he did before. That's right. And now the wide receivers that are coming out of Alabama are, apart from Ohio State, the best in the country. Right. So what we think of as Alabama being this deep, it's an offense thing too. It just is another tribute to what Nick Saban has been to football. He's been capable of changing his the, the style of the program without changing his ideals right. and his methods. And for those two to match – has will probably not be seen again. Well, you won't so, see 17 so the, years for the of fans greatness. of Ohio State or Georgia or Clemson or LSU or I could go on and on and Auburn right up the road. For those fans who are cheering this right now, <laughs> don't cheer too loudly because you may miss a coach next year. Your coach may be gone. He well, may be down in Tuscaloosa. There's an old saying: you don't want to be the man to replace the man. So we'll see who dives into this ring. That's exactly right. That's mm-hmm. what I caution Sark about right now. Right? He's got a good thing going up in Austin, and if he jumps into this deal you talk about jumping into the fire either way sark's gonna make a little bit more money well that's right <laughs> that's true <laughs> we'll check you out later hey appreciate your time Thank god you. bless you appreciate you uh, rob and and rudy and rudy this morning right there 94.1 check them out back in just a minute we'll talk more about the debates from yesterday and what happened to those kids in new york yesterday is a crying shame that's coming up trey Ware, ktsa Hi, it's Trey Ware, and for the new... This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware, now on FM 1071. 607 now at KTSA. Let's roll. 210-599-5555. Well, the cluster that is the O'Biden administration was in total disarray yesterday. I know that's a shocker. But again, yesterday, John Kirby, who has been brought in, obviously, to try to keep Corrine Jean-Pierre looking halfway decent because she's terrible at what she does. But uh, John Kirby yesterday could not answer the question when a reporter asked him, where's Lloyd Austin right now? Uh, uh, He really got this bewildered look on his face like, why would you ask me that? Well, because it's the one of the biggest news stories that's going on right now. I have I have no idea. We can't tell you with any specificity where the sec def, the Secretary of Defense, is. We don't know if he's at home at the hospital and I see you. We have no idea. This is the president's spokesman. 
for the President of the United States. We have no idea where the uh, Secretary of Defense is. I don't know. You'll have to ask somebody else. Don't ask me these questions. <laughs> and you think these people ought to be reelected, huh? They deserve another foe? Okay. Let's talk about the situation in New York with the kiddos who were kicked out of their school and had to remote learn because illegal aliens had to have a place to sleep. Now, I want you to pause a minute and think through this and think about the implications. Okay? Starting with schools, won't be long. They're going to ask you, no, it's already happened, that they've asked you to quarter these people in your homes. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, has already asked New Yorkers, would you consider housing these illegal aliens in your home, please? Same is true with the Massachusetts governor. Same thing. We'd like to ask the American people to house these illegal aliens in their homes. Well, it's not too far off. Remember, we have a proviso in our Constitution that says you can't quarter troops. You can't be forced to house troops. Because that was a big thing that the king, crown, demanded out of our founding fathers. But <laughs> nothing says they can't force you to take these illegal aliens into your home. In fact, I'm not the only one saying that. How much do I get paid? That's all you care about. I mean, just... No, that's that's what people are going to say. Oh, yeah. How much do I get paid to oh, house them? 100%. It's going to be worse than that. My mortgage is high. My electricity bills are high. Give me money. And you know the answer is going to be nothing? They're going to say, you have to do this. Elon Musk said it yesterday on X. Tax break? Do I get a property tax you get break? Nothing. You get nothing. You're just no, going to have no, to do I it. I just have to do it. Just going to force you into it. Watch. It ain't going to happen. Oh, oh I, look... Nope, nope. You, you know, the thing about that is, Jimmy, is that I would have said that a few years ago. There's no way that they're ever going to try to do that, but they're already asking. I know. The time comes when they're not going to ask anymore. You think, they're going to show up. You think New Yorkers that will tell everyone no with one finger are going <laughs> to just say, yes, okay? Not all no of them. Way. Not no all of, way. You will, have, you will have liberal Democrats in the suburbs who are going to say, of course of course. Now, the ones that ought to start are the ones who are responsible for them being here. All right. So Joe Biden has some nice houses and so does his kid. Right. So they need to go in Joe's home. They need to go into Ron Nuremberg's home because those guys are the ones who are bringing them here. They're responsible for it. Elon says yesterday, this is what happens when you run out of hotel rooms. Soon cities will run out of schools to vacate. Then they will come to your homes. And I totally agree. By the way, Elon was on fire on X yesterday. And I'm going to tell you more of what he had to say uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. I, I do want to get into this Fauci thing briefly. Um, Fauci has been testifying in front of Congress. And they've been asking him about COVID. And guess what? We're finding out. Everything that he told us about COVID during the pandemic is not true. Shocker, I know, for all of us who listen to this show, because we were telling you then, at that time, he's lying to you. And the biggest thing that's coming out now under oath and behind closed doors with Congress is that, as I told you back then, Fauci would say something, one thing in public, and something completely different in private. In private, he was telling friends and associates, the masks don't work. They don't work. They do nothing. Remember, because the mask, the, the pores in the mask itself are larger than 
the the drops from the COVID. Remember? And so if you're wearing a mask, you're not doing any good. And he said he would say that in private, then he would come out in public and, and he would wear two masks. You got a base mask on. He also admitted this week that the lab leak COVID origin theory is credible. That it probably did come out of a lab leak. Now, this is incredible because he's the one that organized and paid for the paper in 2020 that said it wasn't a lab leak. He's the one who paid for the scientists to say, no, it wasn't a lab leak. That's not how it happened. It jumped from bats to humans. It's never happened before or since, but it jumped from bats to humans. He paid for that. Again, another lie. And this is one that I actually liked that came out of COVID, and I wish we still did it. (laughs) And it, too, was a lie. The six feet. He's now admitting that there was no data to recommend six feet. I just kind of made it up. (laughs) I didn't have any science to base six feet on. I just kind of... I kind of made it up, and people went for it. Okay, so when I was telling you back then that this COVID was all about control, right? It's about control, controlling you. Stay six feet apart from each other, and what do we do? Yeah, hey, yeah, I don't want that stuff, man. I don't want to catch the flu. I don't want to catch a cold, which it turned out to be. It's th- it's a cold. It's the flu, right? People are getting it now. Remember, for two years, nobody got the flu officially in documentation because everybody got COVID, right? Same thing. Same thing. So, hey, you got to stay six feet apart, and, and everybody did it. And he went, wow, I'm pretty powerful. I like being powerful. People jump when I say jump, stay six feet apart. People stay six Oh, tell you what, put a mask on. And he's telling his friends masks don't work, put a mask on. And everybody puts a mask on. (laughs) Wow, this is great. I can really control people. Now, go get a shot. Go get a shot. You have to get a shot. And again, and again, that was all a lie, too. Shots are going to – remember, if you get a shot, you're not going to get COVID. And then all of a sudden, people who got shots were getting, well, if you get a shot, you may get COVID, but you won't be spreading it to others. Uh, how does that work? How does me getting a shot not spread COVID? Uh, well, okay, uh, that doesn't work. But if you get a shot, then it's not going to be bad. You won't have bad COVID. You won't get bad flu, which simply is not true either. But those are the kind of things that they love to tell you. And, of course, as you well know, all of these things, all of these mass mandates, six foot apart, which I really like. I wish we were still doing that. I like the fact that in these booths now, when you go to the restaurant, the booth is enclosed totally, right? I, I love all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I like having distance when I'm checking out at the grocery store. I don't like the guy next to me pressing up against me while I'm trying to pay my bill at the HEB. So I like the six foot thing. <laughs> Whether it, it doesn't keep you safe from COVID or the flu or a cold, because you're going to touch the same thing when you put your card in there. Dude just touched. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. The six foot doesn't matter. But I just like the fact that nobody's leaning up against me. I like to have my own zone, man. Get out of my space. But anyway, all those mandates were done for a couple of reasons. Number one was control you. Teach you that you must be a sheeple and do whatever they tell you to do. Control. And secondly, 
what have I always told you about Barack Obama? Divide and conquer. Barack Obama's entire political career has been about dividing people, primarily about race. He's a racist. He hates white people, but more importantly to him, if I can divide America, then I can conquer America. It's a truth that has been known throughout history, and it's one that he is employing and employing very effectively right now. Get all of us fighting. Get us fighting about whether or not you're going to get a shot, whether or not you're going to wear a mask, whether or not you're going to be six feet apart, whether or not we should have people come across the border, whether or not, you know, divide us about all these things. And then we have no strength and we collapse, which is the dream of Barack Hussein Obama. He's working toward it. One final thing, then I'll take a break, and I got something to talk to you about in the uh, in the next segment that I'd love to hear from you. Prosecutors now have charged a man for allegedly permitting his 16-year-old son to have sex with his high school math teacher in Missouri. The father is not being identified because they want to protect the identity of his son. The teacher identified as Haley Nichelle Clifton Carmack, 26 years old, she was arrested in Garden Ridge, not far from here. She fleed the state of Missouri to a home in Garden Ridge. I don't know why she, I guess she knew the people at the home in Garden Ridge and came down here to hide out. I don't know. I have no idea. That's pure speculation at this point. The father of the teen that she was apparently allegedly fooling around with knew that the two were fooling around. In other words, he knew, apparently, allegedly, that his son was sleeping with his teacher, with his math teacher. Did he get better grades? Well, no. He didn't get better grades, but you know what he got? Apparently, the dad, who is now uh, under arrest, too, the dad set up a ring in the school of protectors, other students. He would be on the phone, apparently, with her, with the teacher that was sleeping with his son. And he would say, well, they're going to do it anyway behind my back, so I might as well help him out. And, in fact, I would lie or do anything for my son. This is a part of the problem that we have in society today is parents like this. I'll do anything for my son. I'll do anything for my daughter. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely asinine. So, allegedly, the dad sets up a ring of watchers at the school, other students, to watch out so his son can have sex with the math teacher. This was in Missouri. She fled to Garden Ridge. That's where she was arrested. Didn't happen in Garden Ridge. Happened in Missouri. But the dad had other students. Is that music out here? I don't know what that, that it's is. It's Elaine's TV. Oh. <laughs> the, the, they've got that. <laughs> it wasn't a dog video. It, Don heard it too, right? <laughs> I'm like, what Next. is that? What is going on in my brain? Finally snapped. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> So uh, does anybody have a comment on this? Does anybody want to say something about this? That the dad was allegedly now. Have you seen a picture of the dad? Yes, I have. Is he ugly? Are you shocked? No. 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 Elaine, look at this dude. <laughs> Go to Daily. 
you just go to the Daily Mail, look at this dude, yeah. and once I saw his picture, I was honestly kind of shocked he wasn't trying to sleep with yeah. the math teacher. It's not pretty. <laughs> no, I saw, I saw a picture of the teacher, but not the not the father. Oh, the, the father's a mess. Oh, God. Yeah. And, the, and the teacher's a, a, a pretty woman. Yeah, she's, she's beautiful. She's pretty she's woman. Yeah, she's what was she getting out of it? I mean, other than uh, well, 16 a little satisfaction. There yeah. you go. That's the, the What whole... about the watchers? You know. What, were they getting paid? I don't know. I, I, I have no, no idea. No, this dude has no money. No, yeah. once you see his picture, <laughs> he has no money. Well, and so apparently the dad had set up other students to watch, be on lookout, so the math teacher and his son could have sex in the school, and, and, and they were notified if, you know, the others, or the vice principal or whatever is going to show up. Then other students go, and they had some sort of signal. That's what they were doing. And uh, you know what I've noticed lately, though, guys? Um, and I don't know if you're noticing the same thing, because it's every day. There's another story in the, in the Daily Mail today about another teacher here in Texas. I think it was Brazoswood, Texas, that was having sex with a girl. Yeah. Girl having sex with female a girl. teacher. Huh? It was a female teacher. Right, that's what I'm saying. A female teacher with a, ha- having a lesbian relationship with a girl. The vast majority of the stories that I'm seeing now concerning teachers having sex with students is female teachers having sex with males and female Students, it's not the other way around. Where the male no, teacher, it was always the male teacher. No, today, and I mean, it's almost how many a week? At least two a week of female teachers having sex with their students. These, it, there's a personality trait that is at fault with these young women coming out of college in the the mindset that we have with people graduating college and being okay with messing around with young kids that are underage no, females can be predators just as bad oh yeah no i'm yeah. saying it doesn't matter yeah. i'm saying it's the age and the college education that they're it's not 44 year old teachers no they're young aren't they they're all young this one was 26 yes yeah that's a technically she could only rent a car for one year at 26 years old right at 25 yeah. the car rentals say no we don't want you yeah so there's something it's Systemic is, is the word, I guess. I'm so, so we got a break, but you know, what does it say about a parent who is? It's Monday night at seven on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Okay, I just got a text here, Trey. What's your opinion on Trump last night? I thought he was magnificent. He was Trump. Uh, he didn't get into the weeds. He didn't get all wonky. Um, that tends to have people tune out as uh, the proof across the street on the other channel where you had Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and nobody cared. I know the media is trying to make that into something you should care about. <laughs> they really are, man. Oh, gosh, listen to this. No, 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 I don't care. Uh, Trump, 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 that's it right there. Uh, you might as well just sew this thing up and get on down the road. Now, with Christie getting out, the media is also saying, oh, now Nikki Haley is going to beat Trump in New Hampshire because all those Christie numbers are going to go over to Donald Trump or to uh, – to Nikki Haley, um, you know what? So <laughs> it's not going to matter at the end of the day uh, if he loses New Hampshire or what. It's not going to matter. In fact, in fact, he could lose on Monday in Iowa because what's going to happen here, guys, is what is what Republicans ought to do to RFK and 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 Joe Biden, and that is they're going to cross over 
and there's going to be Democrats who are going to cross over into that to to the race, and they're going to caucus for Nikki Haley. They're going to vote for Nikki Haley. Democrats are supporting Nikki Haley. She's a one-worlder, a big government person. Democrat money is behind her like crazy, and so Democrats are going to cockeye for her on Monday, and they're going to vote for her in New Hampshire, and they're going to vote for her in Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas, and places like that. Democrats are going to do that. Because they're free to do so. You can go meddle around in the other person's uh, stuff. And Democrats have been doing it for a long time. And they're going to do it again. So to answer your question, uh, whoever texted me here, uh, Donald Trump did a good job last night. He was level-headed. He was fine. He says he knows who this vice president nominee is going to be and, and so on. I, th- I thought he did good. I so, thought Republicans can do the same thing, right, Trey? Yeah. Tit for tat. Let's go, go mess with theirs. Go to RFK. Thank you. Go vote for RFK. In their primary. Yeah, in their primary here yes. in Texas. Go do it, man. Get after it. Yes, yes. Play the game. Another text here. Six-foot thing at HEB and Walmart. The only thing I liked about the COVID game. Yeah, Rodney, I'm, I'm with you. By the way, the replacement theory just came true for a bunch of people in New York getting replaced by illegals. That's exactly right, Rodney. You, you're nailing it right out of the ballpark. Yeah, I, I love the six-foot thing. I, I, I wish we could stick with it. Even though it wasn't based in science, it was all control, and now Fauci is having to admit that. But that's the one thing that came out of COVID that I think is cool. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> Get off my back and my lawn, too. Uh, Let me tell you about my friends over at Surface, because the future of stone is porcelain, and now, now is the time this month to book your appointment that have Surface come to your home and talk to you about porcelain and replace those countertops, replace that kitchen island, you know, all those things. And In fact, porcelain can go on any surface in your home. Porcelain is tough. You don't have to worry about it breaking or snapping or cracking or anything. You don't have to worry about that. So it lasts longer. The last countertops, last island top, last whatever you're going to put in your home. It comes in every, every gorgeous color that you can imagine. And right now, SurfaceSA.com is giving you $1,000 off the installation of your porcelain project. The best part? It's so easy to care for. Man, all those time where you're having to rub on granite or whatever to clean it up, you don't have to worry about that with porcelain. Simply take a paper towel and wipe it off, whatever it is, whatever the mess is, and it's good to go. It's beautiful. It lasts. It's tough. Every reason in the world. And right now with $1,000 off, even more reason to get porcelain in your home. Surface is the sole porcelain showroom in the state of Texas. Find out more today, surfacesa.com. That's surfacesa.com. Hey, it's Jack Riccardi. We're on KTSA. Phones are always open at 210-599-5555. In fact, I have a couple of cultural things I want to toss your way and uh, and get your thoughts on. So hit me up, 210-599-5555, as I talk about these two, uh, these two topics. And you guys jump in, too, because I'm curious as to what you think. First of all, California is considering, and I think they're going to do it, a bill right now that would outlaw tackle football for boys under the age of 12. Stop it. Stop it right now. Quit making wusses and wimps out of our little boys. They're not getting hurt. I'm cool with it. There's no, You're cool with what, banning it? Under 12, oh, yes. Oh, no, no, no. They're not getting hurt. They're not getting hurt. Now, well, look how you walk. 
Well, you played I, tackle football way under beyond 12. twelve. It has nothing to do with what happened before I was twelve. This all, all of this right here is my later years in football when I started going up against the big guys. All I'm the, saying the, is, the I think meat. mamas, mom, mothers are going to say yes well, in you know, California. I agree with that. I agree with that, and I, I think Californians. That's why it's happening in California. But there is this whole thing in our culture right now of turning our men, especially our little boys, into little limp-wristed, weak-kneed little things that can't do the thing. Can't, can't you? You can't hunt a deer. You can't run a trot line. All those things that men need to be able to do. No, we want them playing girls volleyball. We want them boxing with girls. That's what we want our boys in the future to do. Hell no. Line them up across from each other and let them go. Under 12, they're not getting hurt. They're not. They are not. Today's boys, a country boy, will not survive. (laughs) See, that is the problem in this country. And they're they're not coddling their little boys in China. Please listen to me. They're not coddling them in the places that they want to uh, attack us from, like China. They are turning them into meat-eating men. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's They're some, not taking them easy. There's some biological differences between boys at 12 that sometimes they're very big and almost shaving. Because I remember middle school. I did. And they can run over. Yeah. And they can run over the little five foot two twelve 12-year-old when they're five seven. Yeah. Or higher. Right. I don't, I don't see a problem so, with it. Just wait till they get to high school and start tackling in high school. I disagree. The little boys that are, that can't be, they need to you know get on a math team or something. Uh, they get, get out of football. If you if you can't keep up and if you're going to get run over, and you know what, some of them need to be run over. That's how you learn to be a man. I got no problem with them tackling at that age. Now, I also have no problem, Jimmy. In, in in college and pro, when these guys, I, I remember what what uh, Reggie White told me one time. All those pro guys like Troy Ekman and Steve Young, they were all getting concussions, right? And we were well on our way to a gladiator situation. We were going to see a quarterback killed in the NFL. We were going to see it. And uh, I asked Reggie White one time, probably the greatest defensive end to ever play the game, next to J.J. Watt and a couple of others I can name, but. I said, why are these guys getting concussions now? And he said, back in the olden days, linebackers and defensive linemen were big but really slow. So we never made it to the quarterback, and if we did, we were so slow we couldn't hit him with anything. We, didn't, I mean, we were out of gas by the time we got to the quarterback. He said, now, you know, the quarterback or the, the uh, defensive linemen and the, and the linebackers are bigger, faster, and stronger. So oh, when they steroids? get to the yeah, well, whatever, nutrition and everything else. Mm-hmm. But when they get to the quarterback now, it's like a freight train running over the quarterback. So, They're a machine. Yes, and I say all that to say this. I have no problem in college and pro with protecting the quarterback and defenseless players like receivers. And I have no problem with the, those kinds I want to see what he looks like before. Who? The quarterback. Yeah, well, before you hit him. <laughs> what, before and after pictures? I would have no problem with protecting the quarterback if he was good-looking. Well, look, they have some, I think they have some sensible rules. They're having a hard time figuring out what's right and wrong, and they're being inconsistent with it right now. But, you know, somebody who's defenseless, like a quarterback in the pocket or like a receiver coming over the, the middle to catch a ball, and he's not looking, and he's looking at the ball, hitting him in the face is not a cool thing to do, and you're going to get somebody hurt. So I, I applaud that, those moves. Protect the face. And, and, yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing is perfect. Protect the money maker. Look at that. My face is fine. It's the rest of me that hurts. <laughs> I got no problem with my face. 
I had really great face mask. Anyway. In, in fact, looking back, you would prefer a few hits to the face. That's right. No, I tell you what. I, you know, I, I, I say that, but I actually did break my face in football. Your nose? Yeah. My entire face. What? Well, my then you had face. reconstructive surgery? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's huge. That's That yeah, right there is yeah. reconstructive surgery? Yeah. What they yeah. had to do. used to look like Burt Reynolds. You what need they, to get some money back. What they had to do. <laughs> I, I was playing. I, I, I'll tell you the story real quick. That's right. You went to Jalen's doctor. <laughs> Point away. Give her some points. I just did. Give her some money. No. I'll give her, I'll give her flowers. No, I'll get more Botox. Don't give me That's That was great. That was a great line. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you what happened. I didn't intend on talking about this, but that's fine. We're here. Uh, oh, I was God. I was wearing one of those two bar face masks, like you know, back in the old times that quarterbacks used to wear. Yeah. And I was playing linebacker, and guy came through the running back came through the middle of the hole, and I dove for him, and so did our middle linebacker, and we missed him and hit each other face oh, to face. Man. And his face mask came through the opening above mine and hit my nose and both cheekbones. Holy Do you see this forehead? How it sticks out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all part of this. They had to go in there and they had to put all kinds of gauze and packing yeah. inside of my cheeks and rebuild the nose too. So, and I was back playing about two weeks later. And how old were you? Sixteen. Okay, so four years prior, twelve-year-olds. Yep. Back to the topic. I still, I, I don't have a problem with it because I don't care enough. You care a lot. Well, well and it's not about the sport. Here's what I care about. Well, I care soccer, about, I'm not worried about 12-year-olds in soccer because it's not as Hell, violent. you should. No. They run into each other and they ain't got nothing on. No. <laughs> they go, pow, you know. <laughs> Basketball's the same way. You ought to care about them. I, and it's, it's not the sport aspect that I care about, right? I, I, I do care about it, but... It's more about what we're doing to our little boys in this country by softening them up. Folks, I'm here to tell you, that's not going to be good for the country. <laughs> if you got a bunch of little, you know, they're going to have big thumbs because they know how to text and play video games. But they can't kill a deer, clean it, and eat it. They can't do it. They can't pull a fish out of stinking water. That's not good for our country. I'm just telling you. The, the softer you go on the boys, the worse it's going to be for the long term of this country. And under 12 years old, they're not hurting each other. They're really in the, not. In the end, it should all be down to the, the decision of the parents, to be honest. Well, if the opportunity is there, yeah. if, they, if they want to play, let them play. But right. you know, the parents they should sign ultimately a waiver? decide. You're, well, of course, yeah. yeah. You're sounding too American with that comment there, Don Morgan, because that's, <laughs> that's what America's supposed to be about. The parents can decide whether or not the kid needs to, to be in tackle football or if he needs to be over there crocheting or something. Right. Uh, you know, sewing up the hems of garments. Um, Mark, you're on, <laughs> dancing on the dance team. Uh, Mark, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Hey, good morning. just want to chime in on, tack on the tackling guys like, Charles Haley, like you mentioned, Reggie White, Micah Parsons, they didn't learn to tackle at 12 years old. Yeah. They've been doing a lot of years, That's even right. Pop Warner. That's right. I, knew, I remember one time I was in Pop Warner. I was probably about 9 or 10 years old. And this guy, I never forget his name, Joseph Pandak, we're scrimmaging, came across, he lit me up, cleared my sinuses. Yeah. I'll yeah. never forget that. Right. Yeah, very, Guess very what? good. Yeah, I backed up and kept on playing. Right. Yeah, that's right, Mark. Uh, so – 
my my two major injuries, and I had lots of little ones that are nagging to this day between broken ankles, wrists, fingers, all that. You, everybody who played, you all, you, you're with me on this. You've all done the same thing. My two major injuries were the one on the face at 16, and then uh, about the same year or the next year, I had a compression fracture of my neck. And I when I when I broke it, the compression fracture of the neck, that was because I tackled him. Impro- actually, I threw a block improperly. I threw a block at a guy's legs with my head down. I hit one. We'd, we'd intercepted the pass over at Alamo Heights, and I blocked a guy in the leg, and his other leg came over and got me in the in the neck and snapped my head back and forth, and that caused a compression fracture of my neck. Um, that was improper. The, the, my move was. But my, my point is, just like you were saying, the, the people who know how to tackle, the guys who know how to tackle, they start when they're a little kid. I started playing football my first grade. And they taught you head up, face up, face mask first. That's the best way to do it uh, to to prevent injury. And you know how we're just making we're we're making babies out of our boys, and we need to stop that. Alex, you're on KTSa. Go right ahead, sir. <laughs> Thank you for the ending. <laughs> um, man, I, I call in sometimes, and I'm sure it sounds like I'm trying to make hippie points, but I learned some of my my longest life lessons from getting my fingers crushed in football. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Right down to- Right down to COVID when I was telling my, my buddies, hey, let's keep working together. Like, no, no, I want to stay inside and play video games. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's not going to help us in the future. <laughs> right. You know, Alex, and thank you very much for the call, man. I appreciate that very much. I told my head coach that face-to-face one time, and I said it on the radio. I learned more about life, about discipline, about you know teamwork and all those, you know, being on time, all that. I learned more about that on the football field than I ever learned in a classroom. And I'm not trashing the classroom. I'm just saying the real-life stuff that has lived with me forever I learned on a football field. So, yeah, let's quit coddling our kids. Let's quit mamby-pamby and our boys. Let's quit baby and our boys. There's a big move in this country to do that, and I reject the whole theme of Barbieism taking over America. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, I'm John Ewald with Ewald Kubota. If you KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Okay, a couple of these texts that roll in here. The number uh, for the text is the same as the phone call, and then I'm going to go to Miriam's phone call. Uh, my mama's name. 210-599-5555. Trey, the Spartans took their boys at six, encouraged them to fight each other. They made them into not just men, but warriors. Can you imagine our kids playing ball against a Spartan team? No. <laughs> no, not today. Uh, Jimmy needs to understand physics. This is Mike in Pleasanton. Uh, Mike says two linemen are going to have a real big problem hurting each other. Because they don't have enough time to build up speed. And I agree with you, Trey, on the soccer folks running full speed. Shins wrapping around each other ends up looking like a Gracie fight. I don't know what that is, but okay. Uh, that's UFC. Oh, okay. Hoyt Gracie. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of physics in UFC, Mike yeah. and Pleasanton. I played <laughs> I, I played soccer, too. And I tell you, I was more afraid getting hurt on a soccer field than I ever was on a football what are field. You? No way. Seriously, no. bro. I, I'm going to line one. I played my whole life. Stop Morning, it. Trey. This is Dean and Austin. Are you going to talk about the Fannie Willis debacle in Georgia? I did, and I will again, because Nathan Wade – who was getting paid by Fannie to prosecute Donald Trump, who was meeting with the White House and coordinating with the White House, while sleeping apparently with Fannie Willis, and about a million dollars she paid him, and then he turned around and spent that money on lavish trips for Fannie Willis uh, while his ex-wife was starving, and him saying, I have no way of giving child support to her. 
Typical. Miriam, does anybody call you Mimi? Uh, no, they don't. Not yet. That was uh, Miriam was my mama's name, and we all called her Mimi. Anyway, go right ahead with your thoughts, Miriam. Okay, well, my youngest son wanted to play football, and I really didn't want him to. I was a single mom. But I let him play, and after two weeks of two-a-days and about 105-degree heat, 90% humidity, one day he came and got in the car, and he said, I want to quit. Uh-huh. And it was the hardest thing I ever said because I wanted to say, yeah, let's go. Uh-huh. But I said, you can't quit. You're on a team. Good for you. And his his first game, he made six touchdowns. He never looked back. Yeah. And now he's active military with the Army Rangers, and I believe that started with the formation from football. There you go. All right. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Miriam. Thank you so much, and I bet he's one incredible Ranger. And I appreciate that, and I appreciate his service so much. But you're right. You just you just nailed it right there. That, yeah, two-a-days never hurt anybody. Yes, we have. Look, back in the day, we it was totally common for us to lose 15 pounds after our, after our first two a day August 1st because we spent the entire summer drinking, laying around eating, you know, Bill Miller's iced tea, all that stuff. And you go with your first day for two a days, and yeah, you're carrying about an extra 15 in water weight. It's gone by the end of the day, uh, but it never hurt you. I mean. Some guys got heat exhaustion and had to go sit underneath the shade. Ooh, 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 ooh. That did happen, but there's a lot of rules now, a lot of rules about it, a lot of rules about when they can be out there and all that. Beyond all of that, I mean, we could get down, we could drill down into that and do t- 10 hours worth of programming on this whole issue. My point is we're going soft on our boys, and guys, it's not going to be good for the country. It's not. It's not going to serve us well in the long run, I guarantee you that other countries are making guy men out of boys. And we stopped doing that here in this country. And we need to go back to doing that here in this country. Take the game controller out of their hand. Toss them outside. Tell them to climb a few trees. And, oh, yeah, you know what? Give them a buck knife. Any boy and daddy and man that ain't walking around without a buck knife in their pocket, uh, they ain't worth it. They're not worth two cents. Give him a buck knife and show that boy how to use it. And then when you think he's reasonable enough where he can handle it, you take him out and show him how to handle a gun as well. That's what we need more of in this country. And you know what? You can argue all you want, and you're not going to change my mind on that. <laughs> Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. You've seen the big sign, so now... 6th Street at around 1 o'clock. And once crews extinguished the fire, they began going through the dumpster to look for a cause. They found a dead body instead. At this point, police say it appears someone dumped the body there and then started the fire to cover it up. Investigators are going to view surveillance video from a nearby convenience store to look for possible clues. The body has not been identified. One step closer, after Hunter Biden's unexpected appearance at a Capitol Hill hearing Wednesday sparked an uproar among lawmakers, Republicans on the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees voted to advance a resolution holding him in contempt of Congress to a full vote. Biden, you plan on testifying today? President Biden's son Hunter surprising lawmakers, walking into a House hearing where Republicans were preparing to hold him in contempt for refusing to testify behind closed doors. Hunter Biden has long said he would answer their questions, but only in public. For years, Republicans have tried to tie Hunter Biden's business dealings to his father, but acknowledge they have found no concrete evidence of wrongdoing. Correspondent Mary Bruce reporting, Chris Christie dropping out of the 2024 presidential race. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight 
for President of the United States. Speaking in New Hampshire, the former New Jersey governor said he thought it, it was important to be in the race to warn voters about the dangers of Donald Trump and chastise fellow candidates who won't say Trump is unfit to be president. Well, it may not be what the taxman wants to hear as we head into filing season. A report by an independent IRS watchdog says the agency is still overburdened when it comes to most of its functions as we head into tax season. It says the backlog of unprocessed and amended returns has quadrupled from 2019 to almost 2 million late last year. It also finds major delays in answering taxpayer phone calls and resolving identity theft cases. Daria Albinger reporting. KTSA News Time is 7.01. Let's check in with Rudy J and find out what's happening in sports. In the NBA, the Spurs win as they beat the Pistons 130-108 to as Wimby made history, recording his first career triple-double with 16 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists in only 21 minutes. The Spurs return to action tomorrow when they welcome the Hornets to town. In other NBA news, L.A. Clippers forward and former Spur Kawhi Leonard has agreed to a three-year $153 million extension with the Clippers. In a shocking move yesterday in college football, Alabama head coach and legend Nick Saban is retiring. The 72-year-old has won seven national titles and six with the tie. Texans rookie C.J. Stroud was named AFC Offensive Player of the Week for Week 18. After going 20 of 26 for 264 and two TDs and no INTs, it's his second time being named Player of the Week this season. In college hoops, the UTSA Roadrunners fell to 1-2 and two in AAC play after dropping a close one last night in Memphis to the 13th-ranked Tigers, 107-101. I'm Rudy J for 94-1, San Antonio Sports Star. It's 7:03. AccuWeather and time-safer traffic coming up next. KTSA News, brought to you by Stevens Roofing.